Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday morning, there's a news and analysis episode, which condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a crisp 15-minute summary. There are also regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world and to explore ideas that prepare you for what's coming next and give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 252. Starting off with a few essays I've written recently within last week. You should be running your own VPN server. Substack is great for newsletters, but not for new creators. And retroactive mindfulness. If you get a chance, you could check those out on the site. Security news. The U.S. has indicted six Russian hackers for a number of major attacks, including the NotPetya disk wiper and various power grid attacks against Ukraine. The NSA has released a considerable list of known vulnerabilities being used by Chinese state actors. This is pretty cool to see from the government. see a lot more outreach from them to regular folks these days. So this is a pretty considerable PDF document detailing all the different vulns that uh, Chinese actors are known to be using at the state level. NSS Labs has shut down, which makes a lot of people sad. They were the ones who would bring equipment on site and do extensive testing, like over the last, I want to say, decade or two, maybe 15 years or so. But uh, yeah, they would beat the equipment up. They would do exhaustive testing, and they had some of the best testing in the industry. And they're shutting down, and they're citing COVID as a primary cause. The U.S. is continuing to investigate a series of unexplained illnesses in U.S. diplomats stationed overseas, including in Cuba and China. Some think it's all coincidence, and others think the incidents are effects of advanced weaponry. Symptoms include things like headaches, difficulty sleeping, nausea, dizziness, difficulty thinking, etc. And a lot of people are saying it looked like a sonic weapon or had the effects of possibly being a sonic weapon where you broadcast this super low level sound or, or low frequency sound and you could do some damage that way. But people just aren't really sure. And at this point, it's like, is this happening? Is it real? If so, what's causing it? Is it a foreign adversary or is it something natural? So it's kind of a mystery. The Pentagon is moving its primary biometric systems to AWS. The system in question contains face, fingerprint, iris, and other biometric identifiers on around 18 million people. I thought it was employees, but it's actually not. It's mostly identified enemy combatants. And this allows troops around the world to identify the people they're interacting with and join those databases up with multiple federal systems like Homeland Security, etc. So basically, this is a to be used in the field in military situations, and it's a giant, you know, collected military and federal database. And they're moving that to AWS. Patreon has joined Twitter, Facebook, and many other tech companies in banning accounts that discuss the conspiracy theory called QAnon, 
which believes Democrats and celebrities are running a massive ring of satanic pedophiles and that Donald Trump is secretly fighting against them. And evidently this is becoming like an umbrella conspiracy to like handle all the other ones. So basically all the other conspiracies, smaller ones, people are finding ways to fit them into this. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. I've listened to a few documentaries on this so far. The U.S. Army's new tactical information warfare units have conducted their first exercises. So these are under Army Cyber Command. And the units include 12 cyber and electromagnetic teams meant to support brigade combat teams with cyber, electronic, and information warfare capabilities. So wish that they had this when I was in the Army. Absolutely would have preferred this to the infantry. Although I did love that experience. Snowden, who's been living in Russia since 2013, has been given permanent residence by Russia. Vulnerabilities. Google has released a new version of Chrome 86 to address multiple security vulns. Cisco has patched 17 high security vulnerabilities in its security appliances. Adobe has released another out-of-band patch fixing critical bugs in Photoshop, Illustrator, Dreamweaver, and InDesign. VMware has patched some code execution flaws. SAP has put out their October updates, including an OS command injection vulnerability. I think their stock fell like more than 20% due to bad earnings. I wonder how much of that is just them being eaten up by cloud offerings that are competing against them, combined with people not being on site. Not sure exactly what the cause is, but something like a 20% stock drop. And then, of course, they've got their security updates here. Mozilla's released updates for Firefox, Firefox ESR, and Thunderbird. Juniper has released updates for multiple products, and QNAP issues an advisory on the zero-login vulnerability. Companies. Securonix is going to be integrating with Tanium to provide endpoint visibility with insider threat detection, presumably. Securonix is the insider threat tech, or at least it was, and I think it's expanding quite a bit. But Tanium is basically endpoint visibility and protection, so they're teaming up. Arctic Wolf raised $60 million in its Series D round to help provide a security operations center as a service model. Technology news. Quibi spent almost $2 billion in six months and is shutting down. The idea was to create short videos for people's commutes using A-list talent, but then the pandemic happened and people weren't commuting. I actually don't think that was the problem, though. I think the bigger issue is that there was nothing stopping any other video provider like YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or whoever from doing five-minute videos. It's not like you can patent that, as far as I know. So, yeah, it just didn't seem like there was a moat around that business at all. Because if it works, some, everyone could just go copy it. And if it didn't work, they would die, which is what happened. Ubuntu 20.10 is out, includes 5.8 of the Linux kernel, AD support in the installer, and shareable Wi-Fi hotspots using QR codes. Facebook is open sourcing a new language model that can translate between 100 different languages in both directions. 
companies. Stir is a company that allows content creators to share revenue amongst each other. This is pretty cool. So you can form teams, you can divide up the uh, ad money and stuff like that among the team for all the people doing creation on the team. It's pretty cool. Society news, San Francisco has nearly 12 million square feet of vacant office space, which is almost double its five-year highs. In response to a history teacher being killed by an Islamic terrorist, images depicting the Prophet Muhammad were projected onto government buildings for multiple hours in France. Researchers have used AI to count 1.8 individual trees in a massive portion of West Africa, and they think they can actually use this technique, which is essentially looking at satellite images with AI, to eventually count every tree on the planet. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Remember when 280 characters destroyed Twitter and when Microsoft destroyed GitHub when they bought it? It's crazy that people move to aggressive panic insults when tiny, inconsequential things change on the internet. You can only use Word 97 for so long. Embrace change. It's a tweet I put out this weekend, I think. Two of the most interesting terms I've heard in the last few days have been choice architecture and the tyranny of meritocracy. Those are brainfuls of ideas right there by themselves. Choice architecture is particularly frightening to me. The shrinking of the American mind, pretty cool New York Times post here. And you don't need a blockchain, you need a time series database. This is a pushback against blockchain technology, basically saying there are already existing technologies that do this better. This is making case for time series databases. Updates. We just had a fantastic book club today on the topics of the book Nudge, which was our book of the month for October. And we talked about how much control we actually have in our lives and how much we'd be willing to give up to have a better life. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Talked a lot about China somehow. And uh, thanks to everyone who joined and participated in the UL Book Club this month. We also picked the next book, as is customary in each book club. At the end, we picked the next book for the next month, which in this case is the month of November. And we picked The Upswing by Rob Putman. It is subtitled, How America Came Together a Century Ago and How We Can Do It Again. This thing is fascinating. It's about the trade-off between individualism and collectivism and basically how those affect economics, politics, etc. And this book basically has a really clean model for why we're doing poorly, why we got better in the middle of the 20th century, and why we're declining again, and what we could do to go back on the upswing, which is why it's called the upswing. Super looking forward to this. In fact, I've already finished one of the chapters, which I'll talk about in a second. And I've done a few hours of testing of 5G speeds on Verizon and AT&T in and around San Francisco and parts of the Bay Area. And I could say conclusively, at least for where I traveled, that 
Everywhere I went, the coverage was better and the speeds were faster on AT&T. For one, Verizon's 5G stops right at San Francisco's southern border around Brisbane or so. And I didn't have any coverage in the East Bay. I do hear, however, that it's in San Jose, but I didn't go there. AT&T's coverage goes all the way from SF down to like the Dumbarton on the freeway and near it at least. And then it includes Newark, Fremont, and other places that I've gone over there. And performance-wise, AT&T has much lower ping times, higher upload speeds, as well as more consistent and faster download speeds. Plus, the place where I live in San Francisco is next to a hill, and I couldn't actually get any 4G Verizon coverage in my house where I can with AT&T. It's actually a little bit better on 5G now. So, no big deal. I mean, I'm not tied to either of those doesn't really matter, but just for anyone wondering about 5G coverage, I think it's a little better on AT&T right now. However, Verizon totally kills it in the ultra wideband area where you can get that. People are getting, you know, two, three gigabits down if you happen to be like right under a tower. So that's pretty impressive. I didn't get to experience that, but that sounds awesome. Uh, I can't, can't wait to experience that on whatever carrier that I have. And I am looking for a video editor for the show, specifically for YouTube videos, preferably someone who works in Final Cut Pro. So if you know anyone who's really, really good and looking for a long-term but part-time work, please let me know. I want to make some more videos for the Unsupervised Learning YouTube channel. Discovery. Brilliant is a new app from the people at MIT, Caltech, Duke, Google, and a bunch of other places designed to help build quantitative skills in math, science, and computer science through interactive tutorials. So it's a basically a new type of learning app. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. Super cool. Got here the IP ranges used by Amazon. Got a stunning 2.5 gigapixel image of the Orion constellation. It's really cool. You can see how bright Rigel is. You can see how red Betelgeuse is. Um, yeah, re- really cool. I zoomed in a whole bunch on this thing. And th- the story of how this person created the image is also really cool. Get Dorker. Scrape secrets from repositories using a whole bunch of different dorks. Carbon. Share beautiful images of your source code. And the recommendation for the week... I think this book we're reading for UL Book Club this month, which I just talked about, is going to be extraordinary. I've already finished the first chapter. In fact, I think I just finished tonight another chapter. So I think I'm two or three chapters in. And it's basically, uh, like I said, it's claiming that America's in the same place we were at the start of the 20th century, which is called the Gilded Age, and that we need to follow the same path we did then to fix things, which I won't spoil the secret, but... Absolutely want to check this book out. It's called The Upswing. And the aphorism for the week. Seek simplicity and distrust it. Seek simplicity and distrust it. Alfred North Whitehead. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is supported directly by people like you, so that none of us have to deal with advertisements. 
And if that appeals to you, please consider subscribing at danielmiesler.com slash subscribe. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter so you can get the text version of every episode. We'll see you next time.